Today's scripture comes from the book of Galatians 5:16 through 25. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Let's get into our, our, our message today. Today I've entitled this message, What is Holiness? What is it? So we've been talking about holiness, and in this series called Most Deeply Human, I'll just, just tell you what the goal is. We have this word holy or holiness, and our culture is set, is, is, has a very cynical, they hear that word with a certain cynicism because all the connotations of what we think that word means has something to do with religion, and our culture hates religion. And that, by the way, includes those of you in the church. So some of you in the church are like, I can't believe I like church, right? Um, because the Lord Jesus did a great work in you, and so you weren't going to church, you weren't following him, and now you're at church, and you actually like it. Okay, that's some of you, right? And then there's some of you who are like, I kind of like it, <laughs> okay? And then, um, but we have deep, profound baggage and yet, at the center of the great drama of life, as I talked about last week, is, is holiness, right? And so, um, we finally are shifting gears in this series away from 1 Peter chapter 1 and 2 Peter chapter 1. And today we're going to look at, I can't unpack this whole text, but this Galatians 5 text, I cannot, I cannot overemphasize um, how unbelievably important it is. But in this text, we're going to have an answer for this question. What is holiness? What is it? And my goal in this message, I mean, I've been kind of preparing you all these messages to finally tell you what it is and get you to want it. That's the hope, right? I want you to then learn what it is and then that you would want it. And not only that you would want holiness, you would want it more than anything in your life. That's, that's my hope. And that after we come through this series, what we'll have is a church community. We'll have a church family where everybody thinks this is the most important thing in their life and they desire holiness above all other things, period. Right? So that's, that's what I'm trying to do, okay? Part one. Unfailing love with deep, steadfast character. Part one, unfailing love with deep, steadfast character. Okay. Part two, 
better than righteousness by the flesh. This passage talks about the flesh and the spirit. Better than righteousness by the flesh. And part three, filled up with the spirit of Christ. That's what we really, really need more than anything else. Filled up with the spirit of Christ. That's how we're going to get to holiness, okay? So let's get into part one. I, I, I want to just, um, where have we been? I want to let me just hit like very briefly. In First Peter chapter 1, it says, be holy for I am holy. That's what, that was the call. That's what you should be. That's the way you should be. Be holy for I am holy. That's what God says. Second Peter chapter 1, it said it again, but it's a little bit differently, which is that all those who are born again by the resurrection of Christ by the incredibly great, what I call the ma uh, maximally magnificent promises of the gospel, what you get is to be a partaker of the divine nature. That's the same thing. Holiness, partaking of the divine nature, same thing, right? And last week, we looked at Revelation chapter 4, and I hope you remember this. What There is a scene. God is sitting on a throne. There are 24 elders and these strange creatures which represent all the creatures and all the nations. And what, here's what was going on. They took their crowns and they cast it down before the glory of holiness, holiness. And what I want to say to you is this is the greatest thing that's going on in your life. Whatever you think your important crown is, at the, when all of history is consummated and everybody's finally like they, they're not all, you know, their, their eyes and their heart isn't all fogged over, with the small g little glories of the world that's all going to pass away, the greatest glory is going to stand, and we're going to take all our crowns and throw it down before holiness. I want you to have that in your mind, okay? Now, let's get right into this question. What is holiness? I asked you to desire it. I asked you to you know, pursue it. But you're like, what is it? <laughs> uh, is it just being really, really good? That's what a lot of people think it is. And the answer I want to tell you is no. That is not true. That is not what it is. Let's just be really, really good, scrubbed up people. No, that is not holiness. It's something far better than that, and it's in this passage. So um, let's get into this passage. Galatians 5. And what I want to do is let's just, I'll just start this, and I've got to unpack a couple things first. And then I'm going to go down to a passage that's below, right? So, um, ver verse 16. I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Let's just stop right there for a moment. So, a lot of you know that, and in fact, I hope all of you know, is if you are, are consider yourself you know, a born-again believer in Jesus, been baptized into the church, etc., right? That you are saved wholly by grace, Utterly by what Jesus has done for you, which you could not do for yourself. How do you get saved? You, you believe that. You accept that. You can't earn any of it. So you don't make yourself saved. You can't make yourself more, get more saved. There's no more saved, okay? You get saved by Jesus, you're saved. It's, like it's, it's kind of like an on-off switch. It's, like there's only, it's a black-white deal. You are or you aren't. It's holy by grace, Okay? But after you are saved and redeemed by Jesus, you actually have a choice of how you will walk and live, okay? You have a choice of how you will walk and live. 
So if you want to grow in salvation, so you didn't earn any salvation, you can't really screw it up. I know that you people, all, I can, you can make your life a lot worse. The person you are harming, if you choose not to grow in Christ, which Christians do, they, they fall down, they get angry, they get worldly, they, they, they seek after all these little small G glories of the small C crowns of the world, and I'm going to build my identity on this. Okay, that's what we do. Okay? And then, and then we're like, I don't want to grow, or I don't care. So you know what? When, when that's happening, you are not walking in the Spirit. Okay? Walking in the Spirit is, you have to do it. You go, it's, some, it's, it's, it's an activity. You wake up and you're going to walk in the Spirit, or you're not. And so here, it's actually urging you to live life a certain way. And what is that? By the Spirit. And it goes on to say, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So how do you start off by, by um, trying to walk in, in a new way? You're going to walk by the Spirit. And, and really what I want to just say here is, is to seek what the Spirit has to offer to seek and desire what the Spirit has to offer. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. What's the desires of the flesh? It's, it's basically taking all the small G glories, the crowns of the world, and thinking you're going to build your life on that. That's what it is. Best college. That's, that's, going to be, that's, all I, that's what I'm going to care about. Going into a great college is great, but that's a very fleshly desire. Now, let's just stop for a moment. What's flesh? So flesh is this. So if you've been with me, you might, you've heard this definition, but it's, this is, people always just forget this. So I'm going to emphasize. Flesh is human nature with no God in it. Okay, that's it. Human nature, no God in it. So the best of human nature, the, the best you got, it's not just the bad things you got. <laughs> There's lots of bad things you have. Like I'm, I'm like angry or, or I'm... I'm lustful, I'm greedy. Of course, that's part of human nature without God. But it's also your righteousness. It's also how smart you are. It's also your discipline. It's all these things. And so to get on in life, you have to have some discipline. You have to have, you know, some, some, you, you have to have a little bit of righteousness. You at least, you know, don't go around lying to your boss all the time, right? Don't go around cheating on your girlfriend or something like this. You have to have some righteousness, right? But the flesh is all of it, to the best that you got, no God in it. No God. And if there's no God in it, you're going to have all these desires. The desires. And the only way that you can conquer those desires is if you walk in the Spirit. And every day you wake up, you have a choice of whether you will live in Christ by walking in the Spirit or you can just say, well, I'll just let the flesh kind of like do what I do. Like, I'll just do what I do. And then this is a, a very classic thing that a lot of Christians do. They have all the things that they care about. I want to be a perfect dad today. Let's just talk about dads. So I'm going to be a really great dad. And, I'm going to, and the way I'm going to be a really great dad is to make really good money. <laughs> and the way I make really good money is to work really long hours and please my boss. And that's what makes me a good person. And then, of course, you're working 60, 70 hours a week and then you get angry at your wife when she's not grateful to you, and you think you're a really good person, this is the righteousness of the flesh, okay? Some of you have been there before, 
And if you've been here before, let me tell you, it doesn't work. This is like, this is a way you're going to be like, Father's Day is not going to turn into a good day if this is all you got. This is a, that's a classic righteousness of the flesh. But in order to do this, in order to have something more than that, to conquer that, you have to walk by the Spirit. Okay? Um, let me jump ahead. Let's go to verse 19. Or let's go to 18. Well, no, let's, let's go to verse 19. I'll come back to 18 later. 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Okay. The works of the flesh are evident. The stuff that comes out of human nature, no God. Okay? And just, just a, a side comment, but I think this is helpful. I've, I've long thought about why, the, why Paul, the writer of this letter, in other words, which is another way of saying Paul wrote it, but the Holy Spirit wrote this way. Because the book, the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So you can just say Paul wrote this, but you might as well say this is the Holy Spirit's language. Why is human nature without God called flesh? So th this is, it's not, it doesn't say this in the Bible. This is just Susan's opinion, okay? But I, I think it's, it's, a, it's an informed opinion. And here's what I think. The reason why it's called flesh is because if you don't have God in your life, you're just a piece of meat. That's it. Okay, that's all you are. If you have, don't have God in your life, you're just talking, thinking, feeling, meat. Talking, thinking, feeling, lusting, <laughs> hungry, meat. And then meat slowly rots and then dies and then that's it. So the secular human mind thinks there's no God. And let me just tell you, this is completely how the PhD, the smart people out of our society, treat human life which is we're talking, thinking, meat. And then we wonder why the teenagers are depressed, okay? It's like, gee, hey, teenager, just be better piece of meat, okay? And then you can have a good life till you're 70. They're like, well, what good is it to live till you're 70 if we're just meat? And then they are depressed, and they're wondering who the heck they are and all kinds of stuff. That's what's going on, okay? Now, the works of the flesh, in other words, the stuff that comes is evident. That's what it says in the Bible. It's evident. In other words, you can easily see it. It's evident. In other words, I don't have to, like, say, okay, Christians have these little weird ideas about human nature, and then, and then the non-Christians have different ideas about human nature. The Bible says that human nature without God, the stuff that comes out of it, it's evident. Everybody can see it, okay? So that's the claim. It's right there in the Bible. It's not some argument from Susan. It's coming right there in the Bible. What is it? Let's see what we see. Here it is, okay? The works of the flesh of human nature without God are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity. Just things are impure. We're not just talking sexually impure, just like, how about this? So, yeah, baby, I really love you. I really love you. I love you like, you know, forever. I need you. Our, literally, our songs are like this. And then when you tell a girl that you really, really like her, you use that song. It's impure. Okay? That's what I mean. It's impure. Not, it's not even about sex. It's just like your, your love emotions. It's impure. How about this? Sensuality. Sensuality isn't only just sexual sensuality. It's like this. Uh, 
You guys heard this term food porn? Food porn? It's like sensuous. All the senses. Let's inflame all the senses. So we have the food porn channel called Food Network. Food, porn, food Network is food porn channel. Okay? It's, I, it's a great channel. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yeah. Why? Because we're sensuous. We're sensuous. Senses. I'm a piece of meat. And like, I feel like my meat is getting flabby. Inflame the senses of the meat. Food. That's good. That's good. Okay? Idolatry. Okay. Okay. That's like everybody. Okay? So make something else our God. That's like everybody does that. You know, the, the secular folks don't know that they're doing that. But when they make your career success the most important thing in your life, and that's going to save you, that's your God. Okay? If you don't believe in Jesus, you have a God. You absolutely have a God. You just don't call it God, but it's your God, okay? Sorcery. This is interesting. Do you think sorcery is evident in our culture? It's all, it's, I think it's all over the place. It's just really interesting because we live in a post-Christian culture, and when the culture was more Christian, they're really what, like sorcery, like what sorcery? People thought that was crazy stuff, right? So when I was growing up, if you actually believed in the horoscope, People thought you were really dumb, okay? Today, people take, I'm a Gemini. For instance, I'm a Gemini. They, they actually look that up, and they say, this will, like, tell you about your life or the day. That's, let me tell you something. That's sorcery. If you believe that stuff, that's sorcery. If you, uh, if you drive around our city, palm readers are, like, you know, like, uh, uh, arising. In other cultures, there are, there are people you can go to. You pay them money. So, like, I'm, 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 you know, I'm of Korean ancestry. This is a completely normal thing in Korean culture. Totally normal. In fact, largely even respected. And then so, but, I, you know, being in a Christian family, like, my family would never do it. In fact, they thought it was evil. Why? Because of this. But it's this. You go, you go to a person. They have special powers. Those powers are to connect to your ancestors. And those ancestors have powers to bless your life. And then... If you give this person money, this person will, can get your ancestors to bless your next job. Or like your child, your daughter finding a good husband. So that's sorcery. That's sorcery. And it's getting more popular in America, right? Enmity. Enmities, come on. <laughs> Is that not obvious? Enmity means you hate somebody. There's this hatred all the time, all the time, all the time in America right now. It's in our politics. Um, you know, you turn on the radio, and you can listen to left-wing hatred or right-wing hatred. It's like, just choose the one that you like. <laughs> There's the one, I like this version. I like this version. Enmity. Right? So... Uh, you know, the, 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 the minorities hate the white people. The white people resent being hated by the minorities. Enmity, right? Strife. So I think strife is like fighting, but not necessarily with, without hatred, but often there is, right? And then jealousy, fits of anger, anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. Okay, that's, that's the list. So let me just say this. Um, you don't believe in Jesus. Does this, is this happening in human life apart from God? 
And I would say, of course, it's just everywhere. <laughs> this is just a description of like our culture. It's completely a description of our culture. And in fact, let's, let me just add, let's put it this way. Um, you, you, have, you have a friend and they don't believe in Jesus. They're okay, right? I want you to ask, just, just, let's be really, really honest. You have a friend, your family member, somebody, your cousin, okay? I want you to just think about their life, especially if you're close to them, and then roll through this list. <laughs> roll through this list. Is there a bunch of this stuff in their life? Dissension, enmity, strife, division. So, you know somebody, and their marriage is completely about to tank. There, well, there you go. <laughs> you know somebody. It's Father's Day. There's no way they're going to call their dad because they hate their dad. <laughs> there you go. But you also know that, you know, they have a porn problem. Well, well, there you go. And their favorite thing to do is to go on Yelp, find the coolest, newest restaurant, and then chase sensuality with all their friends. That's what they do in their, their, their spare time. That's their favorite thing to do. So look through the list and then ask yourself, all your friends who don't have God, no God, human nature apart from God, and some of your friends are, are good, you, think, you see them as good people, and some of them you're like, not so good. But let me ask you that question. Some of them are more loving, and some of them are not. Some of them are more generous, some of them are not. Some of them are like honest, some of them are like, that guy lies a lot. I wouldn't trust him with anything, okay? But I do like drinking with him because he's funny. Okay, just, just think of all your friends, all your coworkers, your family, and just let me just ask you, don't they have all this stuff? And let me just ask a little bit different question now. Now think of all your friends who are Christians. All your friends who are Christians. And let me ask, do they have this stuff? Do they have this stuff? And of course you have Christian friends, you're like, yeah. And now let me ask this question. Do they walk in the Spirit? Do they walk in the Spirit? And then, think of your Christian friends who want to walk in the Spirit. They want Jesus. They want more of Jesus. When they have, like, strife and enmity in their life, they want to... Face that with Jesus. So they do strange things like repent. You have a fight with them. You know you are the real jerk in the fight. Okay? Like if you're really, really honest, that fight was like 70% your fault, 30% their fault. But you have a friend who's a Christian. They walk in the Spirit. That person's weird. They call you up and apologize to you, even though it's more your fault. It's more your fault. You were the jerk. You were the bigger, you know, whatever, use the bad word in there that you prefer. And you know that. But the other person, 30% their fault, they own up to it. Because when they contribute to dissension and strife, they want to conquer it through grace, mercy, forgiveness, love from Jesus through Jesus. 
They're walking in the Spirit. So I'm not trying to like make a case for you like, okay, here's the Bible. He's the pastor. He's the religious guy. Isn't this your life? Isn't this your life? And isn't this all our life? Doesn't it really, really seriously suck to just have human nature with no God? I think it does. I think it's just so bad when there's no God. So that's why I'm a pastor, okay? Not because I love this job sometimes. Oh, oh, oh gee, I just want this job because I just want everybody to admire me. Gee, I want this job because I'm going to make a lot of money. You know, obviously, that one's not the, the, the reason why I did it. Because, you know, deep down, life with no God is awful, awful. A life with a little bit, even a little bit of Christ, and then people walk in the Spirit, so much better. Now let me get to the definition, okay? Just go to verse 22. That the fruit of the Spirit... I always think it's really interesting. Scholars have pointed this out. The flesh has works. Like, you have to do this. You have to do dissension. You have to do sensuality. You do sexual immorality. We work sexual immorality, okay? But the, the Spirit, what comes from the Spirit is fruit. You know what fruit is? You don't work it. Like, we have, a, we, we have an apple tree and a lemon tree in our backyard, and it grows apples and lemons, and we do nothing. <laughs> nothing. My wife and I, we do nothing. <laughs> God makes the lemons and the apples grow. So much lemons and apples, it's actually a problem, okay? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh my goodness, I got to cut off this branch, or there'll be apples in my bathroom. That branch is going to grow into the window in my bathroom, and there'll be apples in my bathroom. That's, I'm not kidding. That's actually an issue we have in our house. And we do nothing for it. It's fruit. It grows from God. Okay? Now, what's the fruit? So I'm going to tell you this. This is the list. The fruit of the Spirit is holiness. There's only one fruit. There's not fruits. There's only one fruit. One fruit. So I could just say the fruit of the Spirit is holiness. So I'm going to give you two definitions now. One is the biblical definition, and then it's the Susan shortened definition. Okay? Here's the biblical definition. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. One fruit. One. Not like ten or however it's in the list. So some of you are going like, Oh, I have some love, and I have some joy. Not so much joy right now, but <laughs> and I'm lacking in peace and pretty bad on self-control. So if you're like, you're, some of you are measuring all your quote-unquote fruits. Not, that's, not the right way, right way, that's not the right way to do it. So let me say it a little bit differently. The fruit of the Spirit is love that has joy, that has peace, that has patience, that has kindness, that has goodness, that has faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You get what I'm saying? That's holiness. So, 
Um, in our culture, a lot of people that goes, I have love. I have love. I have lots of, I, I'm, I'm a loving person. And what they mean by that is they have good feelings and good intentions toward other people, and they have a lot of them. Lots of good feelings and God, but then they have no gentleness, no self-control. They're just plain mean. But they always tell you that, they love, that they're loving. <laughs> okay? That's love, love, shallow love according to human nature without God. Unholy, unholy love. They're like, oh, I have goodness. You go, this is a good person. Whenever we mean that this is a good person, we mean fleshly good person. Human nature without God. Unholy. But do you know anybody who ever, and nobody's like this all the time, but they, they can be like this sometimes. When they love you, they joyfully love you. And when they love you, there's peace in their heart about it. And when they, it's like so peaceful, when they love you, peace comes into you. <laughs> so they love and joy, and peace comes into you. And they're patient. And they're really gentle. And it doesn't stop. That's holiness. Let me give you the Susan Simpler easier to say definition. And this is the way I put it. It's love that's unfailing with deep, steadfast character. Unfailing love with deep, steadfast character. And so you know what God gives you? That. <laughs> that's what God gives you. All of us are so used to unholy love, fleshly like bad kind of love, like this kind of broken, sinful thing that too often has the works of the flesh in it. It's like, I'll love you, but there's enmity and dissension in it. I'll love you, but it's really just a lie because I just lust after your body. You know, it's got the works of the flesh in it. But since we're so used to that, we're so used to that, we can't possibly imagine that somebody loves us with absolutely deep, steadfast character and that love will not break, will not fail, cannot fail. So you know what God gives you? His holiness. He loves you with an unfailing love. He loves you with this absolute, pure, and absolutely glorious character. I just said the same thing three times. Did you hear me? He loves you. Unfailing love. He, he, he gives you totally great, incredible character. And he gives you his holiness. I just said the same thing three times. That's what God gives you. So, do you want holiness? Do you want holiness more than anything? More than anything? And in five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, people would say, gosh, I really love being around this person. Because what you get from this person is such an unbelievable love. And it never, like, stops. It's crazy. It's crazy. I always think this person's going to, like, dog me and tell me how stupid I am <laughs> and when I failed. I always think this person is going to, like, stick it to me when I deserve it. 
but they don't. And the love never stops. Don't you wish you had somebody in your life that's like that? Do you want to be a person like that? Let's go to part two. I can't spend too much time on this. I'm running out of time. Um, I want to just say a couple things here. Number one, it says, do not gratify the desires of the flesh. It starts with what you want. It starts with what you want. So at the very beginning of your day, do you want all your human nature stuff without God, those desires? Or do you want holiness? The biggest, greatest gift that God has to offer. And so, of course you want to succeed in your work today. Of course you do. You're a student. I want to get an A on this exam. Fine, right? You know, like... Uh, yeah, I would like to have some success in that girl that I'd like to ask out. So, you know, comb your hair, take a shower, <laughs> say some good things, fight, fine, okay? But do you want them more than holiness? At the top, always, every day, wake up. I desire holiness. I want to step in the Spirit. And then I want His fruit to grow out of me. The Holy Spirit wants one thing for you, this. Okay, um, I want to say a little something about this. A lot of people think it has something to do with trying harder. Okay, so righteousness is always trying harder. Let me tell you something. That's righteousness by the flesh. No God will try harder. And there's another verse here. It says, verse 18, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You are not under the law. It's a really weird verse. But here's what it means. In human nature without God, in order for us to try to become a better person, some righteousness, some be, be a better person, that's, that's just a secular way of saying righteousness, okay? I'm going to try to be a better person. Righteousness, okay? So, without God, the only way we know how to do it is by law. That's it. It's the only way you know how to do it. Um, Best-selling author, Jordan Peterson. <laughs> what does he wrote? Like 12 Rules of Life. Best-selling book. 12 Rules of Life. I read the book. It's pretty good. But it's still law. Law. The laws of Jordan Peterson. He came up with a second book. 12 More Rules of Life. <laughs> Let me give you 12 laws. Oh, you love the first book. Let me give you 12 more. Yeah, Jordan Peterson's not a Christian. Okay. He's not walking with the Spirit. His laws are pretty good. It's not good enough. So it doesn't matter whose law, and this is crazy. This is completely crazy. It doesn't even matter if it's the law of God. The Jews have the Torah. The law of God. Um, last year, was it last year? <laughs> I think it was last, I don't know, like, it's COVID, sorry guys, my mind is blurred. I can't remember what last year or the year before. We had a series called Gospel Completes Law. We went through the whole Ten Commandments. Every, I, I preached every commandment, some of the multiple, you know, multiple messages on the same commandment. And 
you know what I was trying to, and this is the law of God. It's God's law. It's better than Jordan Peterson's. It's better than Hindu law. It's better than Buddhist law. It's sure as a heck a lot better than whatever moral laws your school is teaching you or your company demands of you. Okay? So it's from God. And what I, what, but it says here, not by law. You're not under law. That's why gospel has to complete law. And only when you're in Christ, then you are walking in the Spirit. So, here's the thing I want to say. A lot of people think that religious people want holiness, and the way they're going to do it is to check all the rules and try harder at all of them. <laughs> and this is so crazy to me sometimes because um, there are Christians, Christians, who, when I say this word holiness, they immediately think, okay, I'm going to try like, that means I'm going to try four things harder, and that's, that's going to be the pathway. That's going to be the pathway. And since I grew up Korean, and Korean, this is the way Koreans think. It's like, you know, you're going to get good scores. Okay, you're going to like, just everything is just try harder. It's just crazy. Try everything harder, harder, harder. So a lot of Korean Christianity is built on law. Korean Christian righteousness law, it does not work. It is not going to work. It does not work. That is the flesh. It looks like it's Christian. Christian, you walk into a church. They call it Christian. The outside is Christian. You walk in, but what they're doing is they're pumping you with law and try harder at the law. Law, try harder at the law. Law, more law, try harder at it. Let me give you a few more. Try harder at it. It's not going to work. That's righteousness according to the flesh. And you know what comes out of it? All this other stuff. Sexual morality, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't work. But here's, here's the other, here's the incredible thing too. So today, with all these people who hate religion, they got so tired of all the laws, all the try harder and they just got like exhausted and burnt out or cynical and angry because they're like, I like sexual immorality. What do you mean? But they told me don't do it. So like, but then I tried it and it goes, oh, well, it was fine. <laughs> well, I like sensuality. It's like apparently like drinking certain kinds of great whiskey, it feels really, really good. And then like when I'm drunk in certain ways and I'm laughing, it's fun. So they always told me all these rules and I don't like it, but it turns out like, Life feels a little better when there's some sexual immorality and sensuality and some whatever other stuff. And it's great to like feel better than other people by having enmity against them. And so they're like, we don't do religion. But you know what? It's crazy. They do law. Secular people outside the church, they have a crazy number of rules. Don't be a racist. Don't be a racist. Okay, that sounds like a good rule. How do you keep that up? Oh, you say this thing. Well, well you, don't, you don't intend to be racist. But that was racist. <laughs> it's racist. And then the enmity will come down on you if you fail. So try harder. Okay? So they don't call it holiness, but they do want you to be better. And better is righteousness. It's just secular righteousness. And now let me pull out the big P word. That's just Phariseeism. So in America, if you have no, no walking by the Spirit, 
We only have Phariseeism, the religious version, and Phariseeism, the secular version, and it's all this terrible other stuff, and we're miserable. That's where we're at. Isn't that just great? <laughs> but, thankfully, there's a pathway out. So it starts, said, walk by the Spirit. So now let me go to part three, because we, really, we seriously need some good news, right? Because I just, okay, 38 minutes. <laughs> 38 minutes of just telling you how, how, how crappy it is, how we are, right? So I want to close by giving you good news this way. So it's not by all the trying harder. Somehow there's something else, okay? Um, mostly in America, we have the people who are not trying. We call that irreligion. <laughs> and then the people who are trying, we call that religion. Secular version or religious version? The other way is walk by the Spirit. So, here's the way I want to close this message. Um, do you know that inside of you, there's a spirit? You know what spirit that is? It's your spirit, okay? It's your spirit. It's the spirit of me. That's, that's what's inside of you. So you meet a person, they're all in a sports and competition. That's their spirit. You meet this other person, they're all... I'm beautiful, and I'll be more beautiful than the other person. That's their spirit. Whatever it is, that's their spirit. Okay? That's their spirit. And we want to fill ourselves up with some happiness with the spirit of me. So I'm the Lord of my own life. I'm in charge of my own life because we're free people, right? So me defines me and fills me with my spirit. That's what we do. That's... That's the 21st century American flesh way. But God says, your spirit, you're going to die. <laughs> your spirit, you're just going to be enslaved to sexual immorality and dissension and all this other stuff. You think it's okay to just have a little bit of that stuff, but in five years from now, all that sensuality, it's like that's, that's all there's, there's going to be left. You think it's, it's okay to just have some enmity, but in five or ten years from now, you'll be swallowed up by enmity. You think this dissension, you practice dissension over there, but then you'll break all your relationships all these other places. We're just killing ourselves. The spirit of me. So what we need is a new kind of humanity filled with the spirit of Christ. So how did that come about? So there's a human being that is, we need a, human being who's filled with the spirit of God, not the spirit of me, not the spirit of the flesh. So everybody is filled with the spirit of the flesh, the spirit of me. So even if they're like two-faced, you know, like, okay, I'm, I'm a really good person, good religious person, and in the back, you know, it's just like, it's just a matter of time before it breaks. But God says there could be a new kind of human being. So he turned to his son and said, you go be human. You go be human. Inside of you will be the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Inside of you will be unfailing love with the deepest character. And we'll take on 
everything. You'll go into the world and you'll take on all of that spirit of me. Everybody else will show up the spirit of me, the works of the flesh. So son, that's what you're going to do. And then when you get in there, some of them will like you, some of them won't like you, all this stuff. And then what's going to happen is you're going to be murdered. <laughs> and when you're murdered, something really remarkable, was, this is going to happen. All those people who really want you, son, and your kind of humanity, they'll put their life in you. And all of their spirit of me will die on the cross when you're humiliated and crushed and I pour out all my wrath on the works of the flesh. But then, since you are filled with unfailing love, and it's unfailing. Death can't have the last say. You will conquer all the wrath, all the sin, all the spirit of me. And when you die, the spirit of me will die. All these other people's spirits of me will die. And then when you're risen, you'll be king of kings and lord of lords. And you can give them your spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will go inside of them. And if they walk according to your risen humanity, they will walk in step with the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the plan. So that's what the Father said to the Son. He said, that's the plan. You accept the plan? And he said, yes. And so you give your life to Jesus, his first and greatest gift to you is the Spirit of God. It's his Spirit. And the great agenda of the Holy Spirit is to make you holy. And there's no, like, you're like, can, I, can I get the second gift? Can I, can, I, can I get, like, you know, awesome, gorgeous wife who never complains? <laughs> okay, can I have that one? Can I have, like, perfect, can I have perfect career, you know, $2 million mortgage will be no problem. Can I have that one? And Jesus goes, those will probably get in the way of the holiness. No. No. Holiness. It's the best gift. And you wake up every day and you can walk in it if you have Christ. Trust in Christ, obey Christ, not law, and His Spirit will fill you up and you'll get to grow in holiness. And when you fall down and you fail, it's okay, because like, watch, the fruit will keep coming. And the way you step in that is like, you fall down, okay, I'm filled with anger, oh gosh, I look at porn all over again. You know what you do? You, you repent and put it to death said, wait a second, it's dead. And you let the Holy Spirit in you put to death the spirit of me. And you repent. You're walking in the spirit. And you'll grow holy. Nothing can stop it. Let's pray. It sounds a little too simple, Lord. 
It's like, we, it's got to be like, can't I work harder at it? It's kind of crazy. Even our own righteousness wants, we want the law. And there's a cynicism. It's like, I tried it. We, we don't realize that I'm going to believe in Jesus and then I'm going to obey and then I'm going to repent. And you're going to fall down like 20 times in a row and you're like, I tried it. And we don't know that actually we have to fall down maybe 25, maybe like 10 more times. And the Spirit of God will conquer that sin in us. Finally, for the first time, we'll have some real victory over that really broken, nasty part of our human nature that Jesus doesn't totally own yet. It's an incredible thing, Lord, that repentance, that faith and repentance, that's at the core of being in step with the Spirit. And deep down, our real problem is we just don't believe you enough. We don't believe you're this big enough. We don't believe your holiness is that good. We don't believe that you won't give up on us. <laughs> we always believe you're going to give up on us. Because I would give up on me. But it's not true. Because your holiness doesn't give up. And you've washed us. And killed the spirit of me in us. So today, cause us to take one more step. Said, Lord, today I believe one more time in the gospel. And today help me to walk in step with the Spirit, even though tomorrow I'll, I'm so bad I probably won't. And so, Lord Jesus, fill us with the Spirit again and come to us again and again and fill us again and fill us again until we're loving like you. Jesus' name.